Hey, this is Pastor Chris Jane, and I want to thank you for listening to the Hope Church Sermon of the Week. For more information, check out our website, brhope.church. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Enjoy. I said to the prayer group this morning that the church is the only organization in the world that exists solely for the people who are not a member of it. The church is the only organization in the world that exists solely for the people who are not a part of it. Does that make sense? It's wild to think about, and oftentimes we, we don't, but, but uh, last week we talked about how the kingdom is uh, like a farmer who scatters seed. Right, and we'll pick it up in Mark chapter 4, verse 26. It says, Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle for the harvest time has come. And it goes on in verse 30. It says, Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make nests in its shade. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, that you sow your word deep inside of us. I pray that you would just continue to make our hearts more like yours so that this word that's planted will grow and, and, uh, and produce. And uh, we just thank you for it, Father. Thank you that your kingdom grows like an unstoppable force. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll just be sweating if I wear that. So let's look at a, a few characteristics of the kingdom today. All right, number one, we know that the kingdom starts out small. And right off the bat, I would think that the people who first heard that, the people that the Gospel of Mark was written to, were probably like, what? Like a seed? The kingdom of God? Wouldn't it, shouldn't it come like a, like a thunderstorm or like a, you know, explosion or a big powerful force? I mean, a seed? A tiny little seed? I mean, that must have been, uh, you know, they must have been flabbergasted to, to hear Jesus say that. Um, the mustard seed starts out so small, it's almost imperceivable, like a grain of sand. It's almost unrecognizable. And isn't that how Jesus came? You know, the king came as a baby. It's a tiny little infant hardly recognizable, like a, like a seed that would be hard to even perceive. And you know that the Jewish believers expected the kingdom to come in a way that was powerful, that would um, end the horrible injustice of Rome, and yet the king came in a way that was almost too small to perceive. Don't we read in chap uh, Matthew chapter 1 that there were only a few wise men who recognized what that baby really was. 
There were just a few people that perceived the king and came to worship the king. And they said, the king is on the scene now. But to most people, it was too small a thing to see. They expected a king to come with authority to beat down Rome. And yet, instead of coming to dominate Rome, he came to what? He came to heal broken bodies. He came to cause blind eyes to see. He came to bring hope to the hopeless. He came to invest and impart the kingdom into people's lives. The kingdom starts out small. Isn't it interesting that God always uses small things for big purposes? Doesn't he always do that? Throughout Scripture, God uses the small things, the things that seem insignificant and weak, and he uses them to accomplish things that are so big and so grand. He used Gideon's little 300-person army to have a huge victory. He used young David to defeat Goliath. You know, Goliath was the guy that the whole army, full of grown men, ran away from, were scared of. And yet when God was looking for someone to defeat the giant, who did he pick? He picks little David who's out in the middle of a field doing sheep things. He's just tending sheep. In fact, David's own dad didn't recognize his greatness, right? When the prophet Samuel came to anoint a king, he, he said, you know, bring me, bring all of your, your sons and I'm going to anoint one of them king. He didn't even bother to get David out of the field. That's how little he um, thought about David. His own life and his own dad's life, David wasn't even on the radar, but he was on God's radar. God takes something small and uses it for something really big. Jesus took a small amount of fish, right? A little bit of bread and he broke it and he blessed it and he fed 5,000 men plus the women and children. 15,000 people got, got Long John Silvers that day from just something small. One little box, one little meal. Something small. And I, I say that and I want you to catch this because we all want something big. We all want something grand. But I'm telling you, some of the biggest miracles and the biggest moments in your life and like in the kingdom, start out small, like a seed. I mean, look at, look at Hope Church. I'm so grateful to be here at the beginning of this because I know that God has big things in store. But I wasn't around for the real beginning. That happened over 60 years ago when a small group of believers started to meet in 1951 in a little one-room schoolhouse north of Reed City. They would meet there to pray, and, and uh, prayer seems like a small thing, doesn't it? But it can change the world. By the next summer, they'd moved into the second floor of the Eagles Club here in Big Rapids, and were having services. And by July of the next year, they were officially an, an Assembly of God church. And they built all this knowing that people would come.
And there's so much more even here. Think about the vision that they had. This is only the first floor of this building. And it's so much space. You know? They had plans to do an entire second floor and, and another auditorium. And, and uh, just from a, a little seed of an idea, of a vision. You know? It's amazing how the kingdom grows. So the kingdom starts out small. Number two, the kingdom grows. Verse 27 says, Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. What we have to catch here is that the seed grew. The kingdom grows, and it wasn't because of anything the farmer did. Right? What do we know about the farmer? We know that he scattered seed. But very intentionally, Jesus wants us to get that the growth of the kingdom in our own lives is not about all that we do. And this was so important for early Christians to hear, and I think it's important for you to hear today, because they had been taught by the rabbis that um, in order for the kingdom to come, you have to do this, and you have to do that, and you have to be good, and you have to obey, and that if you were just more obedient, and if you were just better, finally, someday, the kingdom will come. And Jesus said, no, it's not that way. It is not about all that you do. The kingdom starts small like a seed, and it will grow all by itself. When, when you receive God's kingdom, and the kingdom gets on the inside of you, growth will happen automatically. When it says all by itself... The Greek word there is where we get our word automatically. It's the same word we see when Peter has this angelic visitation when in prison and the door opened all by itself, automatically. The kingdom will grow inside of you automatically, apart from human effort, apart from all that you do. The seed's growth is entirely wrapped up in its environment. So I want us to catch this. The kingdom grows on the inside of us, not because of all that we do, but we have to at least catch this. Everything thrives in a certain environment, right? So we said a couple of weeks ago in Ephesians 3.17, we talked about how our roots have to grow down deep into God's love. You were created to thrive in an, in an atmosphere and in an environment of love. That's where you were created to thrive. I want you to catch this because I don't want you to say, hey, I've accepted what Jesus did for me. Uh, I've received the kingdom on the inside of me, and it's going to grow all by myself. I don't need anybody. You don't want to do that. Right? Nobody succeeds spiritually alone. You will thrive in an environment of love. You know, let your roots grow down deep into the soil of God's love. And, and where do you find the soil of God's love? in people. Didn't Jesus say that this is how you will know that they, whether people are really my followers or not, by how they love each other. So I want to encourage you. This is why at the, at the end of today's service, there's nothing planned after this. There's not another group of people coming in here and we got to clear out. Um, I want you to be intentional about taking your time uh, to connect with somebody, to, you know, stop in the, in the 
coffee room or out in the, out in the foyer and, and uh, get around uh, a somebody that's going to help make you sharper. You know, get around a somebody who you're going to experience. The only way you're going to experience God's love is through somebody. You know, to, to in, so intentionally get around somebody and get to know the family of God and experience the love of God. And let your roots grow down deep into the soil of God's love. We desperately need this. If we can get ourselves into an environment of love, the kingdom starts out small, but that seed will grow. We just have to be rooted in, in the love. Sometimes it feels like like you don't fit in, you know, that you're not part of whatever's going on, that you're, you know, that you don't fit in at, at, at this church or, or this one, or you don't feel like you're part of the family. I remember when I was a kid, you know, sometimes I would get upset. Get, I'd get angry and I'd think about leaving. I'm leaving. I don't even like you guys, you know. Um, I'm nothing like you guys. You know, my big brothers would be, you know, whooping on me or, or whatever it was, you know what I mean? And, and I'd have, I've had enough, I'm leaving. And I would never get very far, you know, before I'd be like, you're not so bad. Maybe they're all right. I, I like them some of the time. But the point is we need our family. You know, let your roots grow down deep in love. So we know that the kingdom starts out small, that it grows. And number three, the kingdom gets big. Verse 30, Mark 4, verse 30, Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make nests in its shade. God's kingdom starts small, but it grows, and it gets big. Let me sh show them the picture of a, what, a, what a mustard tree looks like. From a seed, almost so small, like a grain of sand, almost imperceptible, it grows and it grows and it grows like an unstoppable force to where animals can rest in its shade, birds can make their homes in the tree. It, it produces abundantly. And I'm here to tell you today that God's kingdom is getting big around the world. If you listen to some, you get the idea that Christianity is shrinking and that some other religion is expanding. But I'm here to tell you nothing could be further from the truth. Actually, the opposite is true. God's kingdom is expanding across the globe. We have missionaries in Cuba, and they report that where there used to be 40 churches in all of Cuba, now they have 4,000 churches in Cuba. God's kingdom grows. That's what it does. It grows. It's an unstoppable force. God's kingdom in and of itself has the power and the process to grow. Outside of humanness, God's kingdom, like a seed, it will grow. Do you know that every day, the church is growing by 80,000 people? Every day, 
80,000 people every day are entering the kingdom. Isn't that awesome? 510 new churches are being planted every day around the world. In Africa, they're estimating now that by 2020, 49% of Africa will be part of the kingdom. In Asia, Christianity is growing twice as fast as the general population. What's happening? God's kingdom, like a seed, started small and it grows and it gets big and it's unstoppable. In the Islamic world, they say that there's more Muslims that have come to Jesus in the last 14 years than in the last 14 centuries. That's good news. You know what that means? That means that when you enter into God's kingdom, you're on the winning side. I thought that would have gotten a cheer. You're on the winning side. The kingdom is growing. You're in a kingdom that's growing and expanding. And, and as I look around at Hope Church, I'm, I'm so grateful to, to God for our beginnings. And when I say our beginnings, I mean right now, this year. You know, not that seed of an idea that started over 60 years ago. I'm so grateful to be able to be here now with just a seed of the kingdom and, and we will get to watch it grow and thrive like an unstoppable force in our community. You know, and watch it grow to multiple locations in Macosta County, in, in Nuego County, in Lake County, and in Osceola County. Because that's what's going to have to happen for us to accomplish what he's put in our hearts to accomplish, to see our four counties discipled, to see our four counties reached with hope, with seeds scattered of hope and of love, to watch us send people out to the nations through our ties with Ferris State University. That's our vision. We want to reach the nations with the good news of the kingdom. And so I'm so happy I get to look around at, at our small beginning here, our, our group here. I want to take just a mental picture so that I can remember what, what it was like in 2018 when we launched Hope Church with a, with a vision to reach over 100,000 people in these four counties with the good news of the kingdom. Because we want to scatter seed. We want to scatter hope all over the place, right? Today, the Lord extends an invitation to each of us. We're invited to enter into the kingdom, the king's domain in our hearts and in our lives, impacting the way that we live. It's an invite. We're also invited to be like that farmer that's going to scatter seed all over the, the place. We are invited to carry God's presence with us everywhere that we go, to take the good news, the good news of the kingdom everywhere that we go. And again, that could be with your smile. That could be through your generosity. 
doesn't have to always be just your words. The power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you can impact and turn people's hearts to Jesus. I think it was Francis of Assisi who said, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Proclaim the kingdom, proclaim the good news, let people know what's on the menu and if you have to, go ahead and use words. But by all means, proclaim the kingdom everywhere that you go. Would you guys pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you planted that seed in each of our hearts and that it's growing and it's growing. Help, help us to just put our roots down deep into the people around us so that we can grow in that love for, for each other and, and for you. I think right now God is, is calling you to do something. He's calling each one of us to do something. Either it's to step forward and receive that seed of the kingdom, that seed of hope, uh, so that it can begin to grow on the inside of us to, to enter the kingdom, or he's inviting you to scatter seed. It's one or the other. I pray that each one of you would make that decision right now about which invitation you're going to accept. Father, help me to be faithful, to scatter the seed of your love and your hope everywhere I go. It is not my job to harvest it or to make it grow, but it is my job to scatter. So, Father, help me to be your representative in the world, sharing your love with, with everyone that I come in contact with so that we would see your kingdom grow here and around the, the globe. Thank you, Father, for our small beginnings. We can't wait to see what you're gonna, what you're gonna do. Thank you for letting us be a part of it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. And uh, Mark 4 goes on to say, Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterward, when he was alone with the disciples, he explained everything to them. You and I are disciples. We have access right to the source to get our questions answered too. Anything that you don't understand, anything that you, that you need, you can go to him privately and he will, he will explain. He will help you to understand. He will heal. He will set free. He will whatever you need. So if you have any needs, all of you are, are dismissed to, to go and love on each other and hang out. But if you have any needs, this altar is open. We will have people here to pray with you. Other than that, be blessed. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.
Okay, that's going to do it for this week. I really hope that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, why not subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help. Thanks and have a blessed week.